Welcome to Mokina's Front Porch, a Mokina history podcast with Matt Dalek and me, Israel Smith. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they, that is these blessings, should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged, as with one heart and voice by the whole American people. Basically, there's a woman named Sarah Josepha Hale, a very influential woman who spent 35 years trying to get this country to have a national day of Thanksgiving. And I was the president who finally honored her request. And so we created it in 1863, had a proclamation for a day of Thanksgiving. And we did it again in 64. And I understand every year since then, the president of these United States has issued a proclamation. You continue the tradition today. Thursday, October 26th, 2023, Matt and I went to the Mokina Library for a presentation that was put on by Kevin Wood, who is a Abraham Lincoln, I don't know if you'd call him an impersonator or um, an educator. You know, he uh, did a speech on Thanksgiving and talking Mm -hmm. about uh, President Lincoln's role in making Thanksgiving a a permanent holiday. Um, Really interesting yeah, uh, presentation, yeah, don't you think, Matt? Yeah, I really loved it. Yeah, it was really interesting. And there was a lot of stuff in there that I learned that I had, was completely unaware of. So. Yeah. So one of the things is we'll share um, the pre- the president's proclamation at the end of the episode mm-hmm. yeah, uh, to definitely. include that there. But um, Matt, you want to talk a little bit about kind of what uh, what his story was and, and what you know of President Lincoln's role in uh, yeah. Thanksgiving? Yeah, well, uh, to my understanding, uh, he proclaimed the first national Thanksgiving celebration during the Civil War. And as uh, as Mr. Wood, uh, or Mr. President, uh, told us, of there had been Thanksgivings celebrated in various states or municipalities over the years going way back before uh, President Lincoln's administration. But it wasn't until... Yeah, until Abraham Lincoln was president, that he made it a uh, a national observance that was then uh, kept up from year to year. So, and I thought it was interesting. You know, he asked everybody kind of as a trick question yeah. what we thought the holiday that was celebrated by everybody there was. And of course, the first guest is is Christmas, and right, that's yeah. what I would have thought too. Being especially as in the colonial, you know, the New England area. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, but surprisingly, it was not as that right, was not. Yeah. He said that was not something that was celebrated um, by some of the. Uh, what did he say? Was it Delaware or no? Um, oh right, yeah. There one of the states, states that was very uh, more hardline. Um, yeah. And uh, recognized as as more of a pagan holiday than. Uh, a Christian holiday. So it was actually Thanksgiving um, was a national holiday before Christmas mm-hmm. was uh, largely due to Sarah Hale. Yeah. And um, really interesting story. I mean, again, that's, uh, I knew of her name. I knew her role, but I did not understand right. how significant and how pestering she was. Yeah. Uh, right. The presidents over yeah, the years. I thought that was great too. That I really liked that part. Yeah. yeah. I, do you remember how, I don't know, how many presidents he said she had written? It was quite a but, few before President Lincoln. I think she, yeah, because she had written to, I remember him saying to President Buchanan, who was the president before Lincoln, and I don't think he ever responded to her even. Yeah. And there, I had, it was at least the, the last few before Lincoln. And then interestingly enough, uh, did not write President Lincoln for the first 
I think it was two years of his presidency, he said, right, yeah, yeah. due to the fact of the Civil War going on and understanding his his busyness uh, with that. But I, I, I had a note here that 1849, she wrote a letter to President Zachary Taylor. So at 18, in 1863, he said she was 75 years old. And during the Civil, Civil War, she wrote mm. to President Lincoln then. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another interesting fact I thought was he... Uh, talked about President Lincoln uh, setting another tradition that lives on today of the presidential pardon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that the was a good turkey. One yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still going on today. Uh, Jack the turkey was a gift that was meant to be a, a Christmas turkey for the Lincoln family. Right, yeah, yeah. And um, Mr. Lincoln's son took to yeah. him and made him a pet. Yeah. And the president wrote an official proclamation uh Freeing him of his burden to feed the family right. that, that yeah. holiday. Yeah, that was. I, I thought that was a pretty funny story. Um, anything else that stuck out to you about his presentation, or have you have you seen him before? Or? I have not seen him before. I was familiar with another Lincoln presenter uh, from many years ago. So uh, Mr. Wood was new to me, but I thought he did a very good job. And uh, I'm really hoping that the library, or if not the library, somebody in town will uh, have him out again. Yeah. Because uh, of all those presentations he mentioned that he can do, they all sounded really interesting. They did. Yeah. yeah. Especially the the Lincoln's humor one or whatever he referred to it as. I thought that was, that sounded like a Yeah, that was one. good. And he shared a joke with us too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would be really interesting because that's kind of a side you don't always think of with uh, somebody right. like President Lincoln. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and he That's comes good. from Adrian, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so he was here on a multi, I think he said he was here, you know, a week or a couple weeks touring around the area and yeah. traveling around. Um, but has been here. Uh, he said he came to the Mokina library previously mm-hmm. and, yeah, yeah. uh, Hopefully he has a chance to come back. So I would hope so. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll share his Facebook page. He has a website, uh, YouTube page. His website is mrlincoln.com. He's also on Facebook and YouTube uh, by those same names, but we'll share links to that. Um, If, if uh, you want to have him come out and speak, he's uh, very interesting, very informative, knows a lot about president Lincoln, about his history. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even, you know, it's kind of speaking to us about local uh, connections a little bit uh, to president Lincoln in our area. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, He was pretty good. I thought in his, the way he kind of, uh, just nailed Lincoln's image and persona was really good too. Like I thought I was seeing the real thing. Yeah. So he's, he's definitely, definitely worth seeing if you ever had the chance to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was interesting. He's multilingual. So not yeah, only you get yeah. a English version of Abraham Lincoln, but you can get the Spanish, French or German, or German yeah. version of, of uh, Mr. Lincoln. So pretty cool. Uh, and Matt, you're, you know, obviously a big Civil War guy. Yeah, yeah. You have uh, 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 a lot of information in history yourself about Lincoln and the, the oh, Civil yeah. War. What? Uh, any other local connections or things you uh, you have information about to share? Yeah, well, absolutely. There are there are a few uh, local connections out there. Uh, the best one is a story uh, that. I bet most people wouldn't be familiar with. Uh, it was told a lot in yesteryear, but um, 
I never knew of a of a living person that was familiar with it. But uh, as the story went, uh, this this first part, the sort of prologue to it, is uh, all historically verified. These are actual events that happened. Uh, they stand up to historic research. We know it's the real deal. But of course, Abraham Lincoln visited Will County in 1856 when uh, he was out in Joliet stumping for the first Republican candidate for president, which was uh, Fremont. Was that John Fremont? And uh, as it was uh, not common in those days for the candidate himself to do his own campaigning, people did it on his behalf. So that's what brought Abraham Lincoln to Joliet. Of course, he was not yet president in 1856. And he visited the city, made a speech or two. And then it was said that he traveled out east, found his way into New Lenox Township, where it is said that he stayed overnight, uh, a night or two, at what uh, in later years would be known as the Old Brick Tavern, which was a very historic building that stood in uh, in New Lenox on uh, what is today Route 30, Lincoln Highway, very fitting, and uh, Joliet Highway. And in fact, there's even a little uh, historical marker that is made from some of the bricks that came from the building on that site right there at that corner to this day. Um, just steeped in local history out there. Uh, Nowhere near that old uh, Abe Lincoln Hotel. He didn't no, stay there, did he? Unfortunately not. No, <laughs> okay. no. But then the same kind of corridor there. Yeah. Anyway, it was said that while he was in Joliet, he came out and stayed overnight uh, at the tavern, as uh, travelers would do in those days. And it was said that while he was there, he took his horse just a little further east down the Lincoln Highway, or what would later be known as the Lincoln Highway, to the farm of the Cleveland family, who were some old settlers, who lived uh, at the intersection of today's Lincoln Highway and Wolf Road. Uh, they lived on the southern side of the road, on the southwest side of the intersection. But they had some of their outbuildings, their farm buildings on both sides of the road. Uh, at least they did uh, up until the 1870s. Probably was the same situation back in the 1850s. But in any case, uh, the story goes, yeah, that that Abraham Lincoln, not yet president, stopped at the Cleveland farm to have his horse shod, uh, which, of course, nowadays we know that location as Mokina. So there's the story of how Abraham Lincoln was in Mokina, of course. Uh, Mokina in 1856 was just a tiny little hamlet on the Rock Island Railroad. Uh, no story has ever survived about him ever having come into town. Uh, don't see why he would have. But Now, as we kind of talked a little bit about earlier, with cases like this and in that time, the rumor mill just kind of went crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially as you get a little, a few years away from the actual, the topic or you know, mm -hmm. the event that happened. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, there was a rumor of him staying in Mokina and mm -hmm. Little Al's oh, yeah. when I heard. There's that old story, yeah. Do you think yeah. that was any truth to that? I, I don't put any credence into that story at all, simply because uh, the building that now houses Little L's did not stand during Lincoln's lifetime. Okay, I think we can pretty solidly debunk that one then. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that building uh, in its iteration is Johann Sheik's uh, Saloon and Inn uh, wasn't built until 1875. So okay. 10 years after Lincoln passed. 
1856, when Lincoln would have been here, what what would he have seen if he'd have come down? You know, the railroad tracks or modern day Front Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he would have seen the Rock Island Depot, uh, which was one of the very first buildings to be built in Mokina. Uh, he would have seen, let's see, 1856. He would have seen the uh, grist mill of Cyrus Cross and Noble Jones, which stood uh, at the location of uh, today's grain elevator or what used to be grain elevator uh, just behind etc. there. Not the same building, but uh, the, the, the grist mill would have been a brand new building at that time, actually only about a year or so old. And he just would have seen a couple pretty simple buildings that were handful of businesses. Uh, he would have seen uh, a cluster of houses. If he ventured up uh, Mokina Street at all, he would have come to the Village Square where he would have seen the uh, Mokina Schoolhouse of our original one-room schoolhouse that stood um, not exactly in the footprint, but very close to where St. John's Church stands nowadays. Uh, Also would have been a brand new building in 1856, only built the year before. Uh, Let's see, in terms of recognizable landmarks, though, today, not really much I can think of that would have been there in his time. That still would be there today. And then you had another story as well you wanted to share, right? Yeah. Yeah, a couple, actually. Uh, Of course, as we know, uh, unfortunately and tragically, Mr. Lincoln was assassinated in 1865. And as some of us, uh, or all of us may know, there was a very elaborate funeral train that carried him from Washington, D.C. back to Springfield. And I'm sorry, but also talk, it did not come through Mokina to get to Joliet. It came from Chicago to Joliet. That's right. Mm -hmm. But do we know the route that it took if it didn't come through Mokina? There are, uh, yes, the route is known. Uh, but not by me, unfortunately, yeah. at least not in this neck of the woods. It did not come down the Rock Island. Uh, it passed through Lockport. I believe it passed through Lamont, which is not Will County. But uh, And when it got to Joliet, the train did stop, although uh, the president's uh, casket or what have you, coffin, was not taken out of the train. He he didn't lay in state in Joliet or anywhere in Will County, but there were some people, because uh, there was a quite a crowd that had assembled there to receive the train, of which there were people from Mokina there. And uh, Do you know, so it stopped in Chicago before it made its way to Joliet? Yes. And did they do a similar ceremony in Chicago? And Yes, yes. There was a, a huge ceremony uh, and funeral that was given in Chicago. He was... The president lay in state in, I believe it was City Hall. Uh, There are photographs of the building with the mourning crepe over it and thousands of people uh, coming in and out. Uh, Of course, most of the people are a blur because you had to remain perfectly still for photography back then. And did were there other uh, cities along the route that did as big of, uh, you know, have have him laying in state? uh, yeah, uh, yeah. As well? Yeah, pretty much. Uh there uh there were there were huge ceremonies, remembrances, you name it that happened in in just about every 
city of any size that the train passed through or where where he was taken off the train, like Philadelphia, for example. Uh, I believe he went through, uh, I think he went through Indianapolis too, which is kind of a roundabout route, but uh, everybody wanted to be along the route. So uh, there are there are a lot of really good books that have been written just about Lincoln's funeral and all the planning and the pomp and circumstance that went into it. Do you know how long it was from the time he left D.C. till he got to Springfield? Yeah, I believe it was about 20 days or so. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. It was, so it was a packed. I mean, it's, it seems like that would be a pretty, pretty busy uh, trip. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was the biggest thing the country had seen at wow. that time. Yeah. Yeah, what an Absolutely. experience. I mean, let alone see a president come through. You see a, a hero, you know, a yeah. Civil War, you know, president you know, president that won the Civil War, united the yeah. nation, uh, and now he's, you know, been killed and, and coming through. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um all right. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. You continue the story. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. So there were there were people uh, that from Mokina that made the trip to Joliet uh, to see the president's funeral train. Um, unfortunately, we don't know who they were. We only know that there were Mokinians there based on a retrospective that was published in one of the Joliet papers. It must have been about twenty or thirty years after, uh, in which the author said he kind of listed off names of places in will county and said that people from these places had come to the to the, the funeral and that mokina was one of them um but there were uh there was another interesting connection to lincoln's funeral and mokina in that we had a man who lived here uh back in the 1870s into the 1880s a little bit gentlemen a German-born gentleman by the name of Christian Knapp, who uh, he's born in Germany in the, uh, the summer of 1833, uh, came to Chicago in 1854 as a young man, uh, kind of made a, um, a living, a name for himself in Chicago. He was very musically inclined. He was an organist and a choir director in Chicago, uh, started a family there. But after the Great Fire of 1871, he came out to Mokina, where he had bought a farm here uh, on today's Schoolhouse Road. And uh, eventually, after having been here for a while with his family, uh, he and his son-in-law, Erwin McGovney, went to Manhattan together, where they were in business. uh, And there, Mr. Knapp uh, passed away in the uh, fall of 1886. But I give you this background on this man, because he has a kind of a, an interesting little claim to fame in that when, once again, uh, uh, President Lincoln's funeral train came through Chicago, he sang at the uh, services there uh, as he was a, as I mentioned, he was a choir director. So he sang, yeah, at at uh, at the president's funeral in Chicago and later would become a Mokinian. So. In his time, you know, where the Rock Island would have been a more prominent uh, train ride, yeah, train yeah. line. We would have seen him come through here. Or, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, do we know? Do you know of any other presidential visits to Mokina? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's actually a really good question. So we do know that Herbert Hoover came through town in uh, during the Depression years when he was president. Must have been maybe about 1932, 1933 thereabouts. Uh, he did not stop though. He and his entourage were traveling down the Rock Island Railroad. And uh, they passed through town. Uh, we don't even know if he was looking out the window at the time, if he saw anything. 
Uh, but never any idea if there was uh, people standing out there. I mean, would they have been wanting to see the train? Could very well have been. Uh, I do know that uh, the incident was reported in our, re- our readers. Our listeners will know the news bulletin. Uh, the, the story was reported in the news bulletin, so people knew that he came through. Okay, um, I'm not sure. I could imagine that. I mean, you know, the president was coming through your small rural farm town railroad town i'm sure people turned out to see him yeah but there's there's another uh interesting story though uh doesn't totally count as a president coming through but nevertheless it's kind of a funny story way back in the early 1900s during theodore roosevelt's administration one day somehow a rumor got started that he's headed down the rock island he's going to be passing through town so it, the word spread really quick through town that day. Everybody got really excited. People were uh, just getting themselves up into a lather, decorating the town. People were getting their flags out oh, and wow. hanging up their bunting across their buildings on Front Street, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and lo and behold, they waited and they waited and they waited and he never showed up. <laughs> Uh, it turned out that somebody had just started a rumor. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, it, it turned out that it was a uh, kind of a, a big wig from the Rock Island okay. that was coming down. And, and somebody, th- as this traveled through the grapevine, it transformed into the president is coming. So, well, yeah, that was, yeah that's, that's kind of a funny one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. Any others that you know of, or is that kind of... There's another kind of an interesting one. He was never president, but William Jennings Bryan, uh, people will, uh, or history inclined folk will know him as, uh, as a presidential candidate. I think that was, uh, back in the 1890s, he was running for president, I believe. And somebody out there can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think he ran against McKinley, I want to say, but in any case, his, his train came through Mokina. Must've been about 1896 or thereabouts, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and his train stopped, and uh, as the story goes, a little girl from town was asked to come on board the train and meet Mr. Bryan, just, you know, kind of like PR kind of thing. Sure. And uh, the story goes that he kind of, uh, he uh, he took her up on his lap and he asked her something like, do you know who I am? And she identified him as the guy he was running against. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it was President McKinley or yeah or whoever, but yeah, that's another kind of that's funny, funny one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very so. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I looked up a few things, um, and I probably I probably haven't read the books that you have about <laughs> Mr. Lincoln, but um, a couple of interesting tidbits. I thought uh, that he lost his mother at nine years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was a self-taught lawyer. Yes, he very was. Very little um, formal education. I think now they call that the unauthorized practice of law. But Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they had four kids, which only one of them uh, uh, lived to adulthood. That's Robert. true. That is true. Yeah. Uh, Tad, Edward, and Willie all died. Uh, I thought this was interesting. As a member of Congress, he was mm-hmm. very much against the Mexican-American War. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. He was very against it. Um, yeah. I, and I just thought it was kind of ironic being that he then becomes president and is his whole presidency and life is now defined by mm-hmm. his, yeah. by the civil war. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He was not, he was not a, a, a warmongering man 
at all. Yeah. yeah, the Civil War kind of fell into his lap. And uh, well, he was, uh, yeah, he was in Congress. He was not a fan of the war against Mexico. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Any, I, I, not, that's probably a whole nother uh, podcast, but uh-huh. is there like a, a brief note that you understand of why, what his opposition was to that war? You know, that's, that's a good question. I can't remember all the details offhand. Um, I, I do kind of remember reading something that he, he felt it was very unjust, uh, like a, a big, strong country like America uh, going after Mexico, uh, mm. which Lincoln and maybe some others at his time kind of viewed it as being kind of one-sided yeah. or um, something along those lines. But I'm sure there was a lot more to it than that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, they said that he hated the nickname Abe. That is true. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm glad we're gonna, able to confirm some of these. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that he uh-huh. preferred Lincoln Mr. Lincoln or President Lincoln. Yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. Um, also, he was the only president to hold a patent. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So his patent was for a buoying vessel over shoals. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I, If I'm not, once again, I, I say, I always preface everything I say with this. If I'm not mistaken, uh, which I could very well be, but I believe it had something to do with some sort of contraption that raised and lowered canal boats, something along those, okay. something, something along those lines. It had to do with, I, I believe, raising and lowering vessels on okay. canals, I think. Sure. That may, yeah. okay. Booing vessels over shoals, shoals probably being, yeah, that's, uh, type. Right. I know I've heard that word. I can't, I'm drawn. We'll look it up. Maybe I'll put a, a little uh, description on the YouTube yeah. video for us. Yeah, no, definitely. So, that'd be, that'd be cool. Uh, and his, although his invention was never actually used on boats or made commercially available. So, right. <laughs> um, his, uh, president Lincoln's last undisputed descendant died in 1985. That is true. Yeah. Uh, Robert Todd Beckwith That's was the right. great grandson of Mary Todd and Abraham Lincoln's only surviving son, Robert. Yeah. Died on true. Christmas Eve, 1985. Yeah. He was the last in the, in the family line. Yeah. That's, um, that's a whole other, I, I like how you put the, uh, last undisputed descendant. Because there was, uh, once again, this is a whole other podcast, but there was a lot of, um, if I remember correctly, there was some dispute. I think Mr. Beckwith might have, there were some children that were alleged to have been his, but were never confirmed. Hmm. So that's why, you know, there are possibly descendants, but he was the last one where his parentage wasn't in doubt. Well, and I was interested to hear when I I, uh, took my son through the Springfield home of Abraham Lincoln this summer. Yeah. And uh, I was surprised to hear how long the Lincoln family uh, maintained control of that house. Like, yeah, yeah. I think some of them lived there maybe at a later time. I mean, do you yeah. remember the, how the story goes? But they yeah, held, totally they rented know. it out, I think, at times too. But um, it was quite, quite a while. I've, it was. Yeah, I, I remember that as well. Yeah. That it had stayed in the family's possession or in his son Robert's possession, at least. Yeah. For quite and a, a really good tour. I, I mean, that, I, I really enjoyed it. It's probably been, you know, 15 years since I've uh, gone through the Lincoln house. Yeah. yeah. And 
you know, always kind of a neat thing to see. I yeah. got to see Lincoln's house and Washington's house within about a month. Of oh, each nice. Other. Okay. <laughs> so very cool. Uh, and my last little tidbit throughout his life. And even at the height of the civil war in 1864, uh, Lincoln would describe himself as an accidental instrument, temporary and to serve, but for a limited time or another, uh, phrase he used was a piece of floating driftwood. Yeah. 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 And I thought it was interesting because, you know, you always hear of, you know, presidents are great men and they're kind of, um, drawn to destiny or they're, and yeah, clearly yeah. Lincoln played a major role in our country. Yeah. And, he did all right. I mean, uh, there's few that you can point to that, uh, had a greater effect, but he still viewed himself as, you know, just a piece of driftwood. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting, you know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. it's Very it's uh, the perspective he had to keep of himself. Right. I guess yeah. maybe that's the way of, you know, obviously being a very spiritual man and having a lot of his views and that tied to scripture. Yeah. Right. Um, and the idea of humbling, I think that's something that uh, we heard uh, Mr. Wood say when he was talking about President Lincoln. Is that yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. It, they encouraged in their proclamations humbling and right. yeah. uh, you know, Thanksgiving was a time of thankfulness, but as well as, as humbling yourself. And you see that reflected in, you know, statements like this, where he just sees himself as I'm not, right. I'm not this great. I didn't do all the, I'm just a piece of driftwood. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, very again, humble, yeah, just need to see, yeah, um, it was, yeah. Need to hear that is how he he saw things and a good perspective to have. So, yeah. Uh, anything else, Matt? You want to add about President Lincoln or about Mister Wood? Um, wow. Yeah, nothing's really coming to mind. Just other than yeah, we do have some uh, we have some connections to to President Lincoln here in Mokina. And uh, uh, if anybody ever has the opportunity to see Mister Wood as Mr. Lincoln, I think, as I said before, absolutely recommend it because you'll you'll think you're seeing the real deal. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, again, we'll share, we'll have the full um, President Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation uh, at the end here. So you can listen to that. And, uh, again, to the, to the library, please get him back out. Yeah, uh, very informative. And uh, we'll be sure to spread the word next time, too. All right. Well, thanks, Matt. Great to talk. Glad we got to go to this event together. I trust that you have been encouraged to hear the story of how Thanksgiving Day came to be a national holiday. If I and the people of my day were able to acknowledge the ample blessings received from God in the midst of the dark days of the Civil War, when it was not at all clear how the war would eventually turn out, I trust that you, too, will be able to find things for which you can be thankful, despite your own trials and difficulties, whether as a nation a community, a family, or an individual. I trust also that the Thanksgiving holiday will continue to be a uniting force for the whole nation and the American people, just as it was for us at a time when the Union was threatened with dissolution. And finally, may it be a lesson to all of us of perseverance, following the example of that very persistent widow, Sarah Josepha Hale. Thank you once again, and may you have a truly blessed Thanksgiving holiday as you remember God's many blessings. I hope you enjoyed those words. Those are from Kevin Wood's YouTube page. And uh, again, we both really enjoyed the presentation. We appreciate that the library is putting on programs like this. 
And, uh, you know, I know you can go on and sign up for their newsletter, their emails, so you can uh, find out about other great events like this that are going on. Uh, so you can look those look them up on Facebook or by uh, searching for the Mokina Library. For Mr. Wood, I wanted to share his website is www.mrlincoln.com. Uh, he also has a Facebook page that you can find by searching for Mr. Lincoln Kevin Wood. He's on Twitter or X at Mr. Lincoln underscore K Wood. Also, you can find it by searching Abraham Lincoln by Kevin Wood on YouTube as well. And has a lot of information if you're interested in, in having him come out and speak. Highly recommended. Very interesting. Um, and he also, I think it looks like he, online, he still does uh, virtual calls. So if that was something you're interested in uh, as well, he offers that. So check out all his information. Um, he has some, some of his YouTube videos are really interesting. Part of what we took here was he has some clips of the different presentations. As well as in the beginning, we played a clip from a couple years ago where he was in Naperville. The Naperville Community TV channel uh, uh, did a little piece on him. So that's where we got that opening part from. So uh, again, check all his stuff out, please. We'll post that in the show notes. We'll have the links to his different social media and, and YouTube page and website, uh, as well as the links to the... Uh, Naperville um, video as well. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, we're thankful for our listeners. Thankful for, um, I'm thankful for Matt and the hard work that he's put in to keep and maintain our village's history. Uh, we're thankful for you. Thankful that you're listening and uh, hopefully learning something and enjoying it as well. As we finish, I'm going to leave you with the full presidential proclamation from Abraham Lincoln as read by the timeless reader on YouTube. So listen to the words. Have a great Thanksgiving. And we'll see you next time on Mokina's Front Porch. The Thanksgiving Proclamation of 1863 by President Abraham Lincoln. The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all nations, order has been maintained, the laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict, while that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union. Needful diversions of wealth and of strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements, and the mines, as well of iron and coal as of the precious metals, have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege, and the battlefield. 
and the country, rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor, is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States, and also those who are at sea, and those who are sojourning in foreign lands, to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next, as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also, with humble penitence, for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged, and fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation, and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes, to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. In testimony whereof, I have hereunto set my hand, and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed. Done at the city of Washington, this third day of October, in the year of our Lord, 1,863, and of the independence of the United States, the 88th. By the President, Abraham Lincoln. William H. Seward, Secretary of State.